Welcome back to the Game Link Podcast. I'm your host, Lebby, and as always, I'm joined by my friend, Elmer. Hater Hoder. <laughs> um, tonight, tonight, we're talking about um, the Sonic the Hedgehog OVA anime from the, I guess it released in the late 90s here. 1996 in Japan, 1999 here in America. Um. But before, or I guess we should also say, uh, we're going to be talking about the Knuckles Chaotix game along with this movie. Um, because it's kind of, like the movie, it's kind of like a, like a weird one-off type thing from the 90s. And uh, yeah, anyway, uh, before we get into that, how was your week, Elmer? Uh, basically just me fighting off a terrible, terrible sinus infection. That's kind oh, of what my week was. Um... Yeah, messed up my ear and everything, but uh, no, feeling a hell of a lot better now. Um, on top of that, uh, oh, there was something I was going to bring up, and I can't remember what it was. You but... went and saw a movie or something? I did. That wasn't what I was going to bring up. Shoot. Um, let me think on that, and uh, you go ahead. And... <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, let's see. This week. Um, so first of all, I got my RFID and NFC implant installed in my hand here. Um, I did it myself, and no complications, no, no trouble at all. It is awesome. Um, I'm really excited about it. I've been getting a lot of um, questions about, like, <laughs> you know, being tracked, which is not possible, or people stealing my information, which is highly improbable. And even if they did, I could just change my information. Uh, for example, if I used it to like unlock a safe or something, somebody was able to get the code that's in the chip in my hand. All I would have to do is change the code for the safe. So like, it's it's uh it's awesome. I'm very excited to use it right now. I have programmed onto it the website URL for the podcast here. So uh, anytime the podcast comes up, I can just. Hey, scan my hand with your phone, and <laughs> then they have the information. So it's pretty neat. Um, aside from that, I've been I've been playing a little bit of the new Kirby game that just came out for the Nintendo Switch. I've heard a little bit about this Kirby game. What uh, what all is this Kirby game? Um, it's like so. It's the first like three D Kirby. Like they've had like a three D model of Kirby for mm-hmm. a long time, but now you can actually you know travel in all you know, six axis directions. Um, and the new the new gimmick along with that is called mouthful mode, where you'll come across like a car or uh, like a set of stairs or something that you can suck up, but it's so big that when you suck it up, Kirby's body just kind of morphs around it. And uh, then you gain the abilities of that thing or can move it or whatever. And it's a... Uh, it's really charming and fun, and uh, yeah, I played it with my 11-year-old niece yesterday, and she had a blast. Just hearing that, I'm like, do you think this is the farthest progression, or, or do you think this was started entirely by scratch, you know, much sooner than that, but the fabled Mar- um, sorry, Kirby 64 game, do you think this might have been part of the rumblings of what they originally planned for that, using the Mario 64 engine? You know... I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it seems... I mean, maybe. But 
I don't know. It just seems a lot, a lot more. I don't know. I, I, I guess I can't really make that comparison since it it's coming out in 2022. But it, um, I don't know. It just works, and they should have been doing it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, an open world Kirby game. Hmm. Maybe not open open world, but at least opened up world. Yeah, it's not open world. Like you still have like the world map where you travel from world or level to level Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's a lot of fun i definitely recommend it um yeah and then besides kirby i guess i've been playing more satisfactory Uh, i have a dedicated satisfactory server running out of a closet here and me and some friends are playing on it and uh it is very satisfying to have like a a tower of factory built that you've done all the math on and planned everything out to be like efficient and get you exactly what you need to like get to the next level and stuff it's a it's a lot of fun i recommend it what is this game satisfactory so i think i talked about it a little bit last week but it's like a resource management game where uh like there are some creatures you can fight like spiders and stuff but it's mostly just like you find uh like a node of mineral and you place a miner on it and then you use that resource to make parts. Then you use those parts to make other objects. And each thing has like a like a, a next step in the manufacturing line where you have to unlock parts and research things and you know make so many of this before you can make one of these and then use that thing to make more things type of stuff. But I don't know. It's yeah, just just a lot of like math and planning and stuff. It is Actually, I do remember us talking about this a little bit last week. However, I remember you didn't quite go into so much detail. And I originally told you I was going to send you a a video about a guy talking about a game. Now now I'm going, wait a minute, was it actually called Satisfactory, the video that I had seen? I'm kicking myself. Could have been. Yeah, we'll find out. But uh, <laughs> but no, you guys are having a lot of fun. Uh, how many of you is it uh, playing that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's three of us right now. We got a fourth joining soon. He's just... Having a, just building a new computer, but uh, Factorio yeah. was the game I was thinking. Oh, Factorio! Yeah, it's it's basically the same thing, but with with more like modern three graphics instead of sure. top down. Yeah, I was gonna say probably updated by a lot. So yeah, yeah, but that's a good one too. Yeah, if you like resource management stuff, like you know, even if it's like Valheim or things like that, uh, look it up. Look into it. It's really fun. Um, but anyway... I've got a feeling my accountant would love all of these games. And I'm just like, <laughs> do I really want my accountant to get fully sucked into that? I mean, considering <laughs> I am the godfather of his kids. That'd be good. But, uh, oh, that was the thing I was trying to remember. Finally, I'm staring at the screen. I'm going, what the hell is it? And then I moved my chest and I went, oh, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite bands, uh, Carpenter Brute, which some of you people might have noticed. I've been wearing this t-shirt uh, quite a few times on this show, just because of how much I love them. And they've been releasing some um, singles over the mm-hmm. past few months. They He released his newest album, uh, Leather Terror, on Friday. And uh, not quite as good as Leather Teeth here, but uh, very, very good album. Um Got a whole bunch of different artists on there. It's got the lead singer at Gunship. Ooh, uh, I like Gunship. Uh, on one of them called um, uh, uh, Widowmaker. That's a really cool music video, actually. It's got Dylan Sprouse, of all people, playing Ooh. the main character in the music video. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, a few different other artists are in there. Um, pretty cool. Really kind of a different take on what the guy's normally done. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, I was 
I've been enjoying the hell out of it this past week. Uh, funnily enough, actually, so back in January, uh, Gunship announced that for their seventh anniversary, they're going to be doing they're, that they were going to be doing a special edition release of their first album. Seven years only. In seven years, oh. which I'm just like, holy shit. Uh, or no, five years, five years. Oh, okay, five years. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, two, uh, 2017 was when they came out. Um, but uh, yeah, they released that. All the albums are actually made of the same type of plastic that the original uh, NES like championship games were printed Ooh. on. The same gold pattern to it. And then with that, they were actually including a custom di- uh, game- tabletop gaming dice set that are actually crystal and they have their logo Ooh. on it. So I'm like, uh, hell yes, please. Click, you know, ordered and stuff like that. Well, nice. It was originally supposed to come out back in the beginning of March. And then it was supposed to come out in the middle of March. And then they said, oh, eh, we're going to be... The production date either begins or it ends, and we'll have them shipped out on the 1st of April. And everyone went, oh, to coincide with Carpenter Brood coming out. Excellent! And then on the 31st, they go, "Uh, it's not going to be till the beginning of May now. Yeah, there's a lot of of delays with a lot of manufacturing and shipping and stuff. So everybody went, oh, ha, 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 that's a great April Fool's Day joke. And then they finally had to come on Twitter and go, that's not actually a joke, guys. We unfortunately do have some production delays going. And we're like, okay, you're fine. But that is way too funny. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, there's something I ordered two years ago that I was supposed to get in June of last year. Might finally be shipping, like, next week. But it's, yeah, there's just so many, like, delays and stuff, like... Uh, stuff like that, like especially if China's manufacturing stuff, it gets complicated. But anyway, uh, let's let's talk about um, Knuckles Chaotix. So, um, for those of you who aren't Sonic fans and never heard of Knuckles Chaotix, um, it was a game uh, that came out in 1995 for the Sega 32X, um, which. If you don't know what the 32X is, that was a horrible idea from Sega uh, when they said, you know, instead of, um, you know, coming out with another console uh, to compete with the Super Nintendo, let's just come out with an add-on that's $100 and takes up a whole nother plug, and you just plug that into the Sega Genesis, and then you plug your game into that. And uh, nobody wanted it, because... Either it was too confusing um, for, like, parents and stuff to be, like, it's just a thing for the Genesis. Like, you have a Genesis, just play the games. Like, I I don't know. It didn't do well at all. Commercial failure. Oh, it gets better, though. Remember, we had the 32X. As well as, are you bringing up achievement that they then brought into it? Or was this only for the 32X? Knuckles Chaotix was only for the 32X. But I think you're talking about Sonic 3 and Knuckles, where Sonic 3 was the game, and it had, on top of the game, another port. And then later, they released the and Knuckles because they wanted to release a game. They weren't finished with it, so they split it in two. They released the first part, and then the second part later, when that came out, it would just plug on top of the first part. Uh, it just... Sega was so interesting uh, <laughs> i actually thought you were gonna then bring up the uh sega cd and how you could have a 32x combined simultaneously as a 30 as the sega cd and have yourself yeah. one hell of a power sucking abomination yeah you could have yeah the the sega genesis 
with the Sega CD attachment and then the Sega 32X, all with giant like wall plugs, three of them. And it's like, how are people going to make this work, Sega? Like, and on top of that, you have that going in the summertime, especially in a place that can get quite as hot and humid as Minnesota in the summertime at 98 degrees. And yep. knowing when this came on, not everybody had air conditioning. Oh, dear God. Can you yeah. imagine how many fucking consoles and televisions that's got overheated? Yeah, just a disaster. Oh. But uh, anyway, yeah, so Chaotix came out uh, for the 32X. Um and this one, it's it's a Sonic game, but you play as Knuckles the Echidna, um, and he has like a team. I think like four or five other players. We'll get into that in a second. But or characters, um, but like the point of the game is to stop Eggman and Metal Sonic. Um, but the catch is with this game, you play two characters at the same time, kind of like how it was like like Sonic would have Tails following me. But these characters are connected. Um, with like a rubber band like thing um where you, like one character could run ahead and it would it would pull the other character behind it and then if it stopped the other character's momentum would kind of go past and slingshot you and uh it was really i mean it sounds fun on paper to like slingshot characters around to like progress through the level um but it kind of like breaks the levels and it can be really frustrating at times or like uncontrollable uh, unpredictable and things like that so um i mean we'll we'll talk about how the game did uh <laughs> after after a little bit but um the the weird thing is so the game wasn't even made by sonic team um it was made by another sega team um which some of the some of the staff of this team had worked on Sonic CD, so there was you know some Sonic experience in there. Um, but it was originally intended for the Sega Saturn, which is the system that came after the Genesis. First system X. with a analog stick. Oh, was it? Technically, well, did it come with the before N sixty four. Yes, it did. Oh. Yeah, no, because yeah, you know, the first one with actually fully incorporated three sixty style or not, I should say, well, yeah, three sixty rotational oh. degree. Thing like that thumbstick, I should say. I shouldn't say analog stick. Thumbstick. I think the Saturn came up. Well, let me check that out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was um, it was supposed to be on the Sega Saturn, and it was supposed to be like a mainline Sonic game, like starring Sonic. Um, but the development for it moved to the 32X when it became clear that um, the game wouldn't be ready in time for the Sega Saturn launch, and. Uh, and that was because it was too big, it was taking too long, and it was over budget and behind schedule. Um, so because Sega needed um, more games for the 32X, because there weren't many, uh, they just decided to downsize the game and um, release it as fast as they could for the 32X. Uh, so they started development in 1994. Um they started development with, on the game just as like a prototype for the Genesis to like see uh, see if they could do like some minimal 3D level design and things like that. It was basically just a tech demo, um, and it was originally called Sonic Crackers, um, which is this is where Japan is stereotypically adorable. It was called Sonic Crackers because of like the toy clackers. You know the two plastic balls that clack back and forth? 
uh, <laughs> which is like the rubber band effect, basically. Um, but yeah, so Sonic Crackers. Um, and then, it, so that game was, or the prototype was, Sonic and Tails joined together by the elastic ring thing that that going on. Um, so within a few months of development, uh, Sonic and Tails were removed from the game, and it was reworked to star Knuckles as the main character. Um, and then they changed the working title to Knuckles Ring Star. Um, they added the characters um, Mighty the Armadillo, which is basically just a palette-swapped Sonic the Hedgehog, so he's black and red, but not quite like Shadow, but... Um, then they added Vector the Crocodile, Espio the Chameleon, and Charmy B. Um, and the cool thing about all of these characters is most of them are just, like, obscure characters from like the the Sonic franchise. Uh so like um Mighty appeared first in the arcade game um Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh Vector the Crocodile was created for the original Sonic the Hedgehog game but was scrapped before release. Um and then Charmy B had appeared in the Sonic manga um, which meant that Espio the Chameleon was the only original character that they made for the game. Charmy B? Wasn't that the person who sang uh, WAP? <laughs> you were waiting for it, weren't you? <laughs> you were waiting for me to say it. I had to say it. Uh, that is, that's a good one. Um, but yeah, so... It was... I've, I've played it. I've played like a couple hours of it. And the thing is, um, it is fun at first. And then the controls get unpredictable and like out of control and obnoxious. But that doesn't mean that it's hard. It's just not fun after the first few minutes. Um, if anything, the game is too easy. There's not enough enemies. And the level design is... I don't know, it's like lacking something. It's just like too... There's, like, not enough going on. It's just too bland. Um, but, I mean, they if they would have released it on the Sega Saturn, like their original plan was, and make it a mainline game, uh, it might it might have done worse, honestly. I don't know. Hmm. Um, because the Sega Saturn... Uh, doesn't have very many good games and if you ever played um what was it sonic r for the sega saturn that was their first 3d game and that controls like dog crap so um i'm glad they didn't butcher the sonic mainline series until a little while later you know (laughs) speaking of which that actually falls in line with what we're talking about today when you say that oh boy um but yeah, let's let's hear. So, uh, like I said, the game was rushed to boost the sales of the 32X, um, but it quickly faded into obscurity along with the 32X, and it's now considered a valuable collector's item due to how many copies were ever sold of the 32X and the game. Because you got to imagine, if the 32X didn't sell well, the games for it sold even worse. Right, so um, I guess it is kind of a commodity in the collector world. 
You're telling me the worse a game does at launch, the more collectible it is in the future? <laughs> uh, maybe not now, because everything's digital, but... But even prior to that, though. For retro games, definitely. You're telling me all five copies of sealed Duke Nukem Forever I have stashed away in a shoebox in my closet is going to be worth something in about tw 10 years, 20 years? Um... That is the, the wanna... groan sound you made right there is the exact same sound I made when I first turned my Xbox on and I, started playing that game. I want to answer your question, but <laughs> I'm more concerned that you have a sealed copy of Duke Nukem Forever. Uh, dude, that <laughs> shit's like the Ark of the Covenant. You ain't taking that wrapper off the top of that thing. Oh, man. Um, yeah, but let's see here. Uh... So, just talk about uh, IGN once described Knuckles Chaotix as a bad game with a good foundation. Um, yeah, IGN's also the same people who gave fucking Kane and Lynch <laughs> 7 out of 10. Oh, they can God. go fuck themselves. Um, they said it was interest interesting, though flawed. Um, other reviews at the time suggested that the game was the best game for the 32X, but it failed to live up to uh, standards of Sonic games. Um, other reviewers said that the, the game was a major disappointment, uh, that other than a few color-enhanced backgrounds, you're going to wonder why this isn't a Genesis type. Ouch. And that's true. And the, So the reason they put it on the 32X is because it could re like scale and skew images. Oh. Which, which was a thing that up until, yeah, the 32X and then like the the Super Nintendo games that had the Super FX chip in them, like Star Fox, that wasn't possible on these old systems. So what they did, they used that basically just to, so you could throw a character like out towards the screen, mm -hmm. they'd get bigger and then go mm -hmm. back, and um, I don't think I've really ever seen, you know, maybe like a, a transition or two or, or like parallax scrolling for a background or something. But, um, yeah, there's no real reason that this game needed that even. Um, you know, no real reason you couldn't literally just whip them over your head so that you're on the same vector background at the same time so they don't scale at all. Just... <laughs> no, now I'm going to show up the tech and make sure that people actually buy this shit and all of a sudden it's born right through the screen. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, early 3D movies. Oh, everything was just overdone for no But um yeah, so the sad thing is it uh it was the last game in the classic Sonic line of games. Um right after this, like I said, they moved on to like Sonic R and um I believe the next mainline Sonic game was Adventure. Uh, yeah, the Saturn didn't do <laughs> well enough for a mainline Sonic game. Which, uh, when you brought up Adventure there, brings us into our topic today. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog OVA, which um, I guess I should say this was originally created back in 1996. And by the sound of it, uh, they were trying to develop it for the release around the time that uh, well, the Saturn was kind of coming. Because they were originally talking about a game, you know, dealing with it, you know, that was going to be coming out for that. So they're going to try to show off the new hardware and some of the new things that Sonic would be able to do in a three-dimensional environment, <laughs> two point five D environment, more so. 
And as he said, that didn't happen. So it said this basically was shopped around Japan and was semi-popular. And then our good friends at ADV Films picked up the rights to it in 1999, right before the release of uh, Sonic Adventures, actually, in the Dreamcast. And it has actually, at least from what I've heard in the past, kind of become notorious on the, well, between Sonic fans as being not great. <laughs> Which made me go, ooh, we definitely got to talk about this before we do <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog 2 next week. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I guess if, if people didn't know, I'm a huge Sonic fan. Um, and even like bad, considered bad Sonic content like uh, Sonic Underground and the adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and stuff, I can recognize that it's not good, but still enjoy watching it. So um, I think I had a lot easier time than Elmer did with this. Oh, <laughs> Son, son, son. I have seen this <laughs> multiple times. I'm the one who came up with this sham of an yeah. idea as a combination of an April Fool's Day joke as well as a preface for next week and then as we were kind of discussing earlier also a good kind of transitional thing for the show to show people that hey we're not going to talk about just say theatrical movies. We're going to go into some more maybe uh, television series um, you know uh, direct video, direct DVD direct uh, cable, whatever you want to say it, you know, just yeah. some some other stuff that's, you know it's a format, you can watch it, you're not so much playing it how does that sound? <laughs> yeah, and I I'm glad we did, we did this because um, I do have other movies of this style where it was like straight to video type of stuff that I want to watch. So th I think this is a great introduction because I love Sonic and I could talk about him a lot. <laughs> well, I'm excited to maybe not quite blow your mind, but if anything, I will get you excited when I see it. The actual animation production studio behind this, uh, there isn't actually that much uh, neat information, so much to say about the production of the film itself. Uh, like you said, it just basically was just another part of the canon of Sonic the Hedgehog. It was just supposed to be kind of innocuous and it was just kind of show off just kind of what they could really do with animation technology and how they might build these that to influence the next game or kind of drop a couple of hints what the next game might be. But uh, they hired it out to a company named uh, Puro, which anybody who knows uh, French or a little bit of French or literature, it's a French named Japanese company. But uh, Puro actually is somewhat notorious within the world uh, within at least uh the nerd community or anime nerddom <laughs> i should say american otaku let's put it that way uh these are the guys who uh produced the original yu yu hakusha series uh bleach uh, oh my god tokyo ghoul and okay. uh their magnum opus the thing that forever they will be known for guys this is the naruto studio Whoa. <laughs> I think I just saw some smoke coming out of your ears when I said that. I, right and there. you know, I should have known that because I'm a fan of Yu Yu Hakusho and I watched a lot of Bleach and uh, Tokyo Ghoul, I'm a huge fan of and stuff, so I'm surprised I already didn't know that. But uh, yes, so you can also thank them for giving us the first Sonic the Hedgehog anime. 
And, and speaking of, I forgot to mention this earlier. When we were watching this, um, and, and you know, I've also seen the OVA before, so it might be my mind playing tricks on me. I am almost certain that there's certain clips and stuff from the first 20 minutes of this OVA that were used in Sonic CD, um, since that was, you know, the Sonic game that had FMV movies. And we were talking about that, and I was saying... As I said to you, would it really surprise you if they originally thought to implement this as an FMV for that, and it was almost like, say, a Night Trap or a Space Ace or a Dragon's Lair kind of thing, where basically, you know, Sonic is moving on the screen, and you yourself have to maneuver him by hitting button prompts so that way he goes in the right direction as 2D animation is coming right at And You know, I don't know if that was it or if... They originally wanted it to be like a tie-in with mm-hmm. Sonic CD, where it was like a similar storyline and stuff. But then uh, maybe production on the anime took longer than they thought, or something, or bad stuff. But yeah, it's 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 definitely the same studio, I think, for for the for the art. Which, by the way, uh, even if. At times, this movie <laughs> is the most uninteresting thing. Uh, it looks great. They do not make anime like this anymore, and it oh, is man. depressing. Oh, um, it looks so good. I don't. Th- this is kind of like our first actual two D, like anime, anime style things that we watched so far. A uh, few people know this. All right. A few, quite a few people know this about me. <laughs> I love 19, late 80s, early 1990s oh, yeah. anime. I love it. It's some of my just favorite kind of art form just because of just the dark colors that they have in it. Just the surrealism, just the, you know, the movement, just the over-exaggeration of everything. I love that yeah. stuff. So anytime I hear about, you know, like, oh, did you hear they made a 1990s Sonic the Hedgehog anime? It's like, uh, I'm in. <laughs> Which is actually why I brought this up. I found this out years ago, and people, it was notorious for being not great. And I thought to myself, well, I like not great things, and I love 1990s <laughs> anime. Count me in. And, oh, no, I've shared this quite a few times with a few different people, and every single time people go, what the fuck was that? And I go, I know, right? Yeah, I watched this for the first time probably, like, six or seven years ago now um, when I was just trying to watch as much different, like, obscure Sonic things as I could. And uh, I came across, I think it was uh, Doug Walker's Sonic movie, uh, which, if you didn't know, Doug Walker had a Sonic movie. He does. And it's the production value isn't terrible, um, but I found I found that and this, and I'm so glad I watched this one first because immediately after I watched the Doug Walker one, and then I didn't feel like watching Sonic stuff for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Walker is the syphilis of online content creators, in my opinion. You watch a couple of videos of his, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I I don't feel like watching anything else because I feel it's going to spread and contaminate everything else I love. <laughs> but, let's put it this way. I used to be a fan of his back in the day, but uh, let's just put it this way. He, I wouldn't call him stagnant, but um, he's a one-trick player. Yeah, I, I was never a huge fan of Nostalgia Critic, but I will say he 
seems like a nice guy. That's what everybody who's worked with him in the past. Is. I mean, let me yeah. let me rephrase that. There are a few creators who actually came up during his, basically when he had his stuff, uh, that worked alongside him at Channel Awesome. That I still watch to this day. I still watch a little bit of Owen Citizen. I still watch a little bit of Todd in the Shadows. Occasionally some Ben at the Sage and stuff. That. And you know, Lindsay Ellis, she's still kicking ass over at PBS right now, which is just like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. At the same time, I'm just like, dude, you just no, just no. <laughs> okay, wait, how did we get on Doug Walker? Oh yeah, the Sonic movie. Um, yeah, I don't watch it, but yeah, I watched this one instead, and I'm so glad I did. Um, but yeah, even like. Like I said, like, sometimes you're, like, watching and you're, like, this doesn't even matter. Like, they're adding plot points for no reason type of thing. Um, but it's just so nice to look at. Gosh, I, I really enjoyed uh, watching this again. I guess we should say one of the things that kind of sucks about this. So we're not exactly sure if it's the actual script, the original script for it, or if it is actually the localization slash the voiceover artist they chose for this but dear god the dub of this is so fucking annoying oh yeah the uh, most of the voice actors um are i don't know if i want to say they're terrible they're not great voice actors but they're not the right choices for this movie that's for sure and on top of that so it's produced by adv who is notorious for having not great anime dubs pretty, pretty much throughout the entirety of their career and uh, with that, here's the thing. They had two different studios. They had one out of Austin, Texas, or somewhere in Texas. Might have been Dallas. I don't remember. Uh, they had one out of Texas. They had another one out of the UK. Here's the thing. We're listening to this, and we're going, wait, is this the Texas branch, or is this, <laughs> or is this the UK branch? Because that dude voicing Sonic, my God. <laughs> that guy sounded more Commonwealth than Mel Gibson. Yeah. Yeah, he, it was like, I think I brought this up, the, the g person that voiced Knuckles in this movie sounds like he should be voicing Sonic, and then Elmer said, oh, and do you think the guy voicing Sonic should be voicing Knuckles instead? And I said, no, I think the guy voicing Sonic should be fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Because I admit, I don't know that... I was going to say this earlier. I don't know that much about Knuckles, the Echidna. I know oh. that he's an Echidna. He has Knuckles, and he can kind of glide when he jumps in there. Yeah, yeah, he can glide um, pretty long distances. And then he can also dig because of his Knuckles. So how exactly does that relate to Echidnas and the males having a four-headed penis? Um, I don't Not a know. penis on their forehead, but the penis itself having four. I don't know what it has to do with his penis, but I'm sure DeviantArt has an answer for you. Well, let's find out. <laughs> okay. oh, uh, what's your Wi-Fi password again there, yeah. Levy? <laughs> I'm not, not saying it. <laughs> not saying it. Um, oh, uh, before we get too much further, I guess I should also say that the original creators and members on Sonic Team at the time of the release of this, uh, so, you know, 1998, and pre previously to that, all were involved during the production of this. They actually, oh. they were the ones who AOK'd the animation, the character design, the story to it, the voices, everything on that. So just remember, this kit, to a certain degree, is can is canonical to the original Sonic 2. 
Yeah, with the exception of like, uh, so at one point in the movie, um, there's what's known as Metal Robotnik, which is a giant metal Doctor Robotnik that shoots missiles and stuff, much like Metal Sonic but bigger and more badasser. Uh, and I was like talking with Elmer about it, like wondering, like, have I ever even seen Metal Robotnik in any other games? Like, I know there's like a, a his mechs and whatever. But then I had to look it up. Nope, this was the first and only appearance of Metal, <laughs> Metal Robot. Robotnik. But simultaneously, if... as he goes to look that up, I just went, don't look it up, not important, don't worry about... And then I, right as he was pulling it up, and right as he was about to read it, and he goes, yep. The only thing I go, yeah, spoiler alert, Metal Robotnik's not even a thing in this movie. Yeah, well, and like... uh Normally, when there's something obscure like that, in in the Sonic universe, there's it's from like the the manga at least or something. But nope, nope, just a weird one-off thing for this movie. Um, wait, so Princess Catgirl or sorry, uh, first <laughs> kid Catgirl is also uh, canonically Sonic or or canonically Sonic? Then saying that this is the only thing from the not canonical. Well, I'm not saying that's the only thing <laughs> no, that's I'm not kidding, canonical, but um, I believe, I don't know, if anything were to be taken as canonical from this movie... Middle of the would probably be the one thing? No, no, the, probably the, 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 the girl with the tail would, would be, and like the president, but they're, I don't think they appeared in anything else either. But it, it's kind of like... I don't know. The frustrating thing is they, it's like a retelling of how Oh, wait, is it? I'm confused. I was going to say it's a retelling of how Metal Sonic was invented, but I think it also explained that. So, Again, this is a movie that's only 50, 52 minutes long from opening credits to closing credits, and we're still going wait, what the fuck happened? Yeah, they didn't do like, I mean, I don't think it's supposed to be paid close attention to. Um, and it's probably explained better in one of the games or mangas or something. But um, last time I yeah. checked, both you and I ain't the greatest at that book reading stuff. So <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna happen. I ain't gonna learn me no book. And then on top of that, now this book it reads right to left instead of right left to right. <laughs> what in tarnation? Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's it. I'm going to TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the movie like. What is it? It's pretty much uh, Eggman captures the president's daughter and Sonic has to save them. While bitching continuously the entire time. Yep. Please stop. Uh, and they like go through some wormhole and to some big Eggman city and they fight uh, Metal Robotnik and... He unleashes Metal Sonic, and then they realize oh, yeah. at that time, because by doing that, it's his final stand of Metal Robotnik. Metal Robotnik opens up, and oh no, Robotnik is. <laughs> Metal Robotnik is piloted by Robotnik and his secret accomplice, yep. the president's daughter. Yep, so the, the president's daughter, the cat girl, uh, is working with Robotnik. But then it seems like at one point, um, when he reveals that his plan is to destroy like the Sky City or whatever. Um, she wasn't aware of that and got mad at him. But then she continued to help him the rest of the movie, so... I don't know. Anyway, yeah, they released Metal Sonic. 
um, who is kicking Sonic's butt, and then they figure out how to defeat him and stuff, and they realize at the end that because Metal Sonic is programmed to you know, look and act like Sonic, that it also uh, is secretly a good guy at the very end, right before he's destroyed. And then, yay! Uh, you know, they spent almost an hour to explain a ten-minute plot. Um, but it looked great. Oh yeah! <laughs> it's Wonder Woman 1984 all over again. Yeah, no, uh, Gal Gadot can't act her way out of a pa- wet paper bag, but man, does it look good the entire time. <laughs> Give me the stone. <laughs> Well, do you have uh, anything else to add, Elmer? Uh, pretty much no. I've been kind of banking on the fact that you were going to fill me in on some uh, information about Sonic I didn't know before, which kind of makes me feel bad because I'm a son of a bitch who selected this movie for this <laughs> week. So, hey, hey, I so honestly, bop or flop? Well, considering this is now my somewhere between my sixth and eighth time watching this, and I've had fun every single time I've watched this, I'm going to have to unfortunately say bop. <laughs> It, it it did its job. It was an OVA. It was made to basically be a tie-in release to a video game, which on paper may or may not have ever happened, and it wasn't supposed to make money beyond just being, well, pretty much advertising for the brand in two different nations. Oh, sorry, two different cultures completely. <laughs> so, because I don't know where else they release this in the Western yeah. world and stuff like that. So it's just like, okay. So, no, I'm going to have to say it's a, it's a bop for... Being the cheapest and the shortest thing we've watched so far. <laughs> I, better than Assassin's Creed, oh I can tell God. you that. <laughs> yeah, definitely better than a lot of the stuff we've watched. I also think it's a bop. Um, like I said, it looks great. Um, even if the story is a lot of times uninteresting, it's not in any by any means terrible. You know, they just could have done a lot better with it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still Sonic. Uh, it's not made for 30-year-olds. <laughs> and I think if I, you know, going into this, it, I loved Sonic even more so as a kid. So I, I definitely think this is a bop. Um, yeah, so check it out. It's only, you know, 50 minutes worth of your time. And if it's something you can have on in the background while you do something else, I think it's a, it's a great choice. Um, with that, let's talk a little bit about um, what's coming up. So next week, we're going to see Sonic 2, right? We are, and, yes. Uh, we're we're going to talk about that next week. So I'm really excited. Um, we will be talking about the second Sonic the Hedgehog game along with that, which might not be a lot there to unpack. I really wish we could talk about Sonic 3 and Knuckles, but there is going to be a third Sonic movie coming out. If you hadn't heard, um, they're building the the Sonic uh, like universe? What is it called? Sonic Cinematic Universe is a thing now. I thought you were going to say because it's part of Paramount, it's just going to be one of the Six Flags, but seriously, instead of Sonic World out of Six Flags, Sonic Cinematic Universe. Yeah, no, uh, Sonic Cinematic Universe is like, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, I know, you know like, I'm just, my brain is still, it's, <laughs> it's still short-circuiting at the thought of this. Yeah, no, because there's a, there's a whole Paramount series that got greenlit, um, there's definitely gonna be a third movie, and I'm guessing they're gonna wanna keep 
going down this path because they're printing money at this point. Um, Sonic makes good children's content. So, so when are they going to finally make every furry's full wet dream, wet dog dream, I should say, and they finally do the uh, Rouge the Bat film then? Uh, I don't know if that would be... I, I guess I don't know what storyline they're doing for the TV show, but I imagine that if they keep going with this storyline for the movies where you have Sonic and then Tails and Knuckles introduced in, this, in a similar fashion to which they were introduced in the game, next we're going to have um, Metal Sonic and... Yeah, depending on what the TV show does, I don't know if they're ever going to introduce like Shadow and Rouge uh, or like Big the Cat or, or anyone like that, but... Um... You keep saying Big's the Cat. That Was that actually a Sonic character? Because I thought there was like a, a failed Xbox. Logo. No, yeah, Big the Cat was from the first Sonic Adventure. He's a big purple cat. Uh, he was also from the Sonic uh, Sonic X anime that was on in the in the early 2000s. And now I have that theme song stuck in my head. I never watched a fucking episode. Of that. Thank you for some reason. Um, but again, I thought that was an Xbox game. No, I mean he was part of Sonic Heroes, which was on the Xbox. Uh, um, what am I thinking? But of? the first game he was in was Sonic Adventure. This is going to tie into a spoiler alert potential later episode of this where we talk about the Halo franchise. But I was going to say oh. I could have sworn that there was a video game for the original Xbox that had a time traveling cat who was originally set up by Microsoft to be their mascot, and then out of nowhere, Master Chief kind of took that role, and Halo outsold this game like Hanover. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about there. Maybe Nights into Dream, but that wasn't really a cat. But yeah, no, no, Big the Cat was uh, Sonic Adventure 1. There's a whole super annoying side mission where you have to catch a frog in a pond, and it's the most frustrating, stupid thing. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about <laughs> the Sonic movie uh, next weekend, the second one. Um, and then... Um, we're going to be having a, a guest star, um, the Cool Cat 3020. A lot of you may know him if you're my Twitch viewers or part of part of uh, part of that whole scene. But um, if not, you don't know who that is. You're going to be pleasantly surprised. He's a great guy. We're excited to have him on to talk about Tekken. Um, and then after that, we will be doing. Um, at least four episodes on the new Halo TV series. So I'm kind of excited for that one. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm so. extremely excited for that. So <laughs> yeah. That should be a lot of fun. And the uh, video game I was misconstruing for Binks the Cat was Blinks the Time Sweeper. Oh. Uh. Which, no, I also my brain went to grab by the ghoulies, and I went, no, that's not the right <laughs> fucking game, dumbass. Um. But yeah, so if you want to catch those future episodes and you don't know where to find us, go to gamelink.click. There you'll find our YouTube, our Spotify, all the podcast sites we're on, um, plus our Patreon, where you can um, become a patron and help support us. And um, I mean, we we haven't had activity there yet, but uh, once we do, we're going to be posting um, bonus content there. So. yeah, gamelink.click, and uh, that's all I got. How about you, Elmer? 
Good. Uh, no, that's pretty much everything else I have. Um, I just had a sudden realization of what we may have to do in the future for one hell of a crossover event. And uh, no, so as soon as we turn this off, I'm definitely that idea over to you. Potentially everybody else is in the chat, just so we can hear what you guys have. All right. But uh, I think it'd be some great cross promotion. All right. Well, with that, um, stick around, all you Twitch people. We're going to do a Q&A for anyone who's still here. Um, but with that, we'll uh, see you guys next week. Have a good one, guys. Stay safe. Stay sexy.